This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling. I'm Aaron Bentley, and I am joined by my good friend, Mike Spears. What's up, Mike? I knew you were going to do this. And and, and on a recording software, there was a second I was like, no, I'm not going to leave mute off. Um, I'm not going to mute myself. I'm just going to go with this. But hey, hey, B, how's it going, dude? I'm good, man. Nate. You're also here. What's up? Uh, I don't, I can't answer that question, Aaron. I had a whole thing planned about how you always throw to me first and you just <laughs> screwed me over. Uh, I'm floundering here. Please, somebody else talk. Okay, I, I'll begin to talk again. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at everything AEW and make sure you are subscribing to our podcast feed. Go ahead and rate and review. We haven't got any of those yet. So please jump on and do that. Uh, and make sure that you're getting these episodes as soon as they drop. Of course, we drop them kind of at weird times, so you got to be on the lookout. Uh, you can also follow us on our personal Twitter accounts. I'm at Aaron like the car. Mike is at Fuji Heya, and Nate is at Epitasis. All right, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, like we always do. We're going to talk about the confirmed date for the Jacksonville AEW show in July. We're going to talk about Road to Double or Nothing, Episode 6, and dogs. We're definitely talking about dogs on this episode. We're going to talk about some OWE news. We're going to talk Michael Nakazawa, Ty Dillinger, BTE, all the regular stuff. Uh, we talk about Michael Nakazawa on every episode, of course. So let's start with the Jacksonville show. It's going to be on July 13 at Daly's Place Amphitheater uh, in Jacksonville. I understand it has uh, about a 5,500 person capacity. Uh, I'll start with you, Mike, since we were talking about venues and, and space the other yeah. uh, last episode or two episodes ago. What do you think about them running this particular venue in July? Well, two things kind of strike out at me at the same time. First, it's July in Duval County. So that's going to be a, something that's going to people who are going to go. Please hydrate yourself. I mean. Florida has two seasons. It is November and December and the rest of the year. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Uh, since it's an ample theater, I guess it's going to be covered. I saw a couple photos of it, and it seems like a pretty nice place. The other thing that pops my mind is it's directly attached to TIA Bank Field. So that's where the uh, Jaguars play. So they're doing a great job on Synergy. But, you know, this has kind of been <laughs> rumored and out there for a while. And... You know, it's just confirmation. I felt like it's their their slow stagger of news was something that I know some people were wanting more immediately. Some people are like, okay, what's next? And it's nice to have this thing confirmed. And of course, with the last week's so Road to Double or Nothing with B Priestley already announcing her for that show. It's nice now to have an official date and it in place. I have to assume that's probably gonna have some sort of a pay-per-view or pay-per-view feed, like what they're gonna do for double or nothing, assumedly. So I think with Mike shouting out their great synergy, I think he just added himself as being the person that made the brand relationship tweet from the uh, Everything AEW Twitter account. No, that was not me. I, only... uh, I mean, it wasn't me. Nate, Nate, you should know by now that I, I only shit post and I only really <laughs> I, do OWE stuff on the account. It's I, not have me. Heard you, I have heard you say that, but you did just shout out their great synergy. So I'm just saying a lot of uh, corporate terms coming from Mr. Spears here. Hey, you're not wrong. I just, uh, you know, you did deny it earlier. I went to business school, okay? These are like words that got ground into me, so I have to say them when, okay. I, when I think of it. I hate um, that I say these words, but <laughs> I do. Yeah, so bizarrely, the brand partnerships tweet was me. I'm going to have to Oh, wow. Big I word. did the tweet. I'm undefeated. I'm always <laughs> right. I'm never wrong. I am undefeated. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what got into me. Very weird for me. Uh, okay, so now that I've admitted that, Nate, well, I'm excited that they're just doing like a relatively smaller place. What do you think about that strategy? Yeah, I uh, pretty much just echo what Meltzer said about this, which is that it seems like this is not intended to be a big flying show. It seems like this is more meant to be a genuine local show for the Jacksonville metropolitan area. Um, so yeah, I think it's good, you know, put a put a little artificial cap on the uh, amount of people you can get in that building and, you know, turn it up, make it hot. And uh, I think that's the right way to go on this. Yeah. It's smart to try to not bring in all the fly-ins since presumably in September, they're going to run a big fly-in show. 
so you don't burn out your audience. But let's not pretend that 5,500 people isn't one of the bigger American wrestling shows of the year. Yeah, it'd be like uh, near Ring of Honor's best ever attendances, right? Right. So it, it's still a, it's still a big, big show. Mm-hmm. And especially for that area, I mean, there are arenas there that WWE runs, but I don't think that Raw that happened the same time as the pep rally drew a whole lot more than 5,500. So it could be one of the bigger wrestling shows in that area since the 2000, early 2000s, you know, either the downfall of WCW or when WWE slash F was still hot. So, I mean, it's it's a huge deal. I mean, it's a huge deal for the Southeast too. I mean, I can't think what the largest independent show that happened in Florida is probably the uh, Ring of Honor show over the Orlando Mania weekend. So this should outpace that easily, at least off the top of my head. A quick quick tangent. Do we think do we think there's any real chance Cody doesn't work double or nothing? Um. I mean, what he was working out. He was in the gym in this most recent Road Two episode, yeah. right? I, I yeah. feel like he does. I was just gonna say one thing that would make this show add a little intrigue would be if that's Cody's first match. He's at the Jacksonville show, but I kind of think he's gonna end up working double or nothing. Yeah. yeah. Let me make. Uh, sorry, one other. This is totally unrelated. <laughs> one other tangent. Uh, so I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for Daily's Place here, and noted that the holding company or you know uh whatever phrase you want to call it uh that is responsible for daily's place is shahid khan's iguana investments so i just think <laughs> if we're worried about synergy i think they've got to book mr iguana for the show i think that's what oh, has nice. to happen absolutely. Oh, absolutely yeah ab i i can't discount that cody might not be working the show, but I feel like he's kind of working the angle here. And at least with the fact that the road to double or nothing shows like his big storyline has been, Oh, we don't know if he's going to be able to wrestle. We don't know. People aren't very happy about who he wants his opponent to be. So I feel like that they kind of, it's either a payoff or that they're, I guess they could string it. I just don't see that happening, especially for double or nothing supposed to be like their big kickoff show. Yeah. They're playing it up too much. Uh, so let's talk about that road to double or nothing. Starts off with the god, Monterey Jack. A uh, little chihuahua. Absolute here. unit. Yeah, Rhodes family pup. I, I was sad because I meant very much to talk last week about Colby Jack, who is their other dog, who's like a I don't Pomeranian, maybe? It looks like, like a, a rodent. Might be a rodent. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> A little Pomeranian, a little Terrier action in the mix, I think. Not sure. Anyway, cute as fuck. This is Monterey Jack, cute as fuck. Uh, great dogs in the Rhodes family. That's my... Cute names. I'll give it to them there. Yeah, that's my strong position. It was, it was cute here that the, the Monterey Jack was just walking around on their nice conference table. That was charming. Yeah. People who let their dogs do whatever they want are the best people. IMO. Okay. The people who don't... But people who let their kids do whatever they want are the worst people. Old. <laughs> <laughs> so they have Pharaoh, Colby Jack, and Monterey Jack. Is there a Pepper Jack? I have to get my cheesy cheese puns out. I don't know, but I, I saw that Brandy calls them the Cheese Boys. That's a great dog name. I like that a whole lot. I wonder if they do play dates with Kyrie Sane's dog since we Ooh, you know, cheese. Cody is a Kyrie fan. Great mm-hmm. call. That's Thank great. You. Thank you. Yeah. Cheese. Great dog, too. Cheese. Big fan. Okay. Uh, after, after, <laughs> after, uh, what does that mean? After we see Monterey Jack, we get Cody and QT Marshall watching a little Ace Romero on YouTube. What did you think when you saw AC Baby, Nate? Uh, this kind of computed to me. I don't know. It seems like mm. we, you know, Cody's pretty in tune with who's up and coming in the American Indies. Uh, so yeah, and, and you know this was an easy thing to plug in here because Ace Romero did get like some I don't know you wouldn't call it mainstream buzz, but I guess went slightly viral with this pounce clip where he pounced somebody out of the ring. Um, so yeah, that all you know totally computed, no shock at all to me. I thought it went a little bit more viral than that. I thought I saw it on one of the ESPN shows when it happened. Ooh, 
Yeah, I think that's true. But yeah. uh, I guess I have high standards for virality. <laughs> you want true virality, not ESPN needs to fill time. Yeah, I mean, if it was on, you know, um, I don't think I can't even name any ESPN shows anymore. I mean, there's uh, I give up. Pass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Cody and the Bucks or whoever's involved has done a pretty good job of if somebody is hot, uh, they've made sure they brought him in. You know, I remember at All In when they booked. Gosh, Marco. I tried to think of this. Marco. I was trying to think of his name as I said the sentence and it didn't work. But yeah, Marco Stunt pops up. Uh, they got AC Baby here. And so then there's some discussion about whether he should be in the over budget battle royal. But QT has some concerns that maybe it's actually going over budget. So they bring on. I already called somebody the god, didn't I? The king. <laughs> Mookie Ghana. Chris Harris <laughs> pops up full time. No, mate was excited. Huge pop from me. Yeah. yeah, huge Mookie Ghana fan. Um, I just love the WrestleNomics lore. I I love that he got on here and got to like spread his wings and flex as like a wrestling character. Like we know he's like a very um, I don't know kind of straight laced economic <laughs> guy when you listen to the show and like in his capacity in this company. But he's also like a wrestler or was a wrestler a long time ago. Um, and yeah, I just love any Mookie Ghana lore. I thought his bit here was great. He's, you know, listing down all the expenses and costs and considerations they have to do for the show. And they keep doing, uh, fades to suggest that he's going on for days. Uh, very cute. Uh, and then, yeah, Cody shouts out that he's got a MA in economics and he says, this guy could have any job he wanted. He chose to take this ride with us. And just, I, I would love to see Christopher Mookie Ghana Harrington become a recurring, you know, sort of comedic relief character in this workplace sitcom that is Road to Double or Nothing. Yeah, it was so great seeing Mookie on this and getting into some deep Mookie lore. I liked how afterwards on Twitter, he immediately posted like, here's my Apple IIe and here's my laser disc player. And it made me a little sad that his Skype window did not show the laser disc player because we all know how much Chris loves his laser discs. And I, I kind of like this kind of portion. Like when I was watching this, like, I like the fact that QT was taking notes the entire time. And then afterwards, Cody turned him. It's like, did you get most of that? And he was like, oh, yeah, like 20% of it. And the big concern was about a controlled explosion that Cody wants at double or nothing. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Mookie here on the on the Elite Pod. I mean. Yeah, it's it's good to see people from your neighborhood make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mookie's my, a uh, guy from way back. My favorite bit of Mookie lore is that he went to college with famous Puro archiver Ditch. They went to school together. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, how about that? Small Two legends world. in the business. It's real deep lore. All right. So after Mookie signs off on uh, Ace Romero joining the over-budget Battle Royal and says it's basically the right-on-budget Battle Royal, which I enjoyed, we get a quick feature on Dana Massey and her involvement as the chief merchandising officer. This was pretty quick and kind of played into the next segment, which was about uh, just basically the Bucks talking about their family. Uh, Nate, I get the sense you weren't crazy about this particular segment. No, you're uh, kind of overstated. I thought the segment was pretty good. I thought seeing the uh, Young Bucks footage of them like in their backyard with the ring that their dad built them, that was pretty awesome. Uh, I thought, honestly, the note I had on it was like the music was like a little bit too saccharine. Like it made it seem a little bit too much like a human interest story on, I don't even know Ellen or something. Um, (laughs) That was, that was my only note on it was like, Oh, you know, putting it a little thick with the music. Uh, But no, I thought it was, you know, fine. This is sort of what they're appealing to with trying to be like, Oh, you know, it's a family. We're all in this together. Uh, And it was effective from that perspective. And they also use this to, work a little build to the uh, match with the Lucha Brothers. Just kind of talking about how Pentagon and Phoenix are out there every weekend working, how they're uh, staying hot, and the Bucks are sitting at home. And just talking about how they're a little concerned, you know, about going into this match and not being on the same level as the Lucha Bros, uh, basically because of ring rust. So I thought that was, it's at least intriguing as a way to build this match. Just like that, it's, you know, keeping kayfabe and presenting it like it's a HBO 24-7, you know, building to a big match. I think that's great. And after that, we see Cody in the gym hanging out with MJF. Uh, I think Basically, we just see him stepping up and down off a weight bench, don't we? <laughs> so, yeah. 
So uh, cool exercise there. And Cody basically says, all right, I think it's good to get in the ring. And MJF uh, is concerned and says he would not. And that uh, pisses Cody off. Yeah, I like how they've always, like in this series, that they, they've had the Bucks on a good deal. They've had Kenny on intermittently and Jericho. But I like how it it feels like the road to Double Nothing series is really around the around Cody and Brandy and how it always kind of, they always kind of ties back to Cody's rehabilitation and Cody trying to get himself ready for double or nothing. Even if it's either him trying to push through who he wants to wrestle or his rehab. So I like that. And, you know, it's nice to see more people within the roster kind of take part of the shows. I know there was a little like clips of people before, but I like having MJF there at least as kind of the foil and maybe providing a little bit of BT continuity. I don't know. I like that though. All right. That was road to double or nothing. Episode six. I think the next thing we should talk about is uh, there's some OWE news, Mike, and you are the official OWE correspondent. So <laughs> give it to us. All right. So there's been a bunch of stuff in the last week, really since this weekend, about Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. And they're doing their own build towards Double or Nothing. And it's kind of been a three-pong thing. The first thing is they have announced that they're doing an open call for talent, which is kind of interesting because... OWE was founded really with focusing on these native Chinese wrestlers who a lot of them came in through the Shaolin Kung Fu performance exhibitions. So now that they're reaching out specifically for international wrestlers and there's an open call, the uh, OWE Chinese wrestling legend Nuclear Convoy has all of it on his website. I'll be sure to drop a link to this stuff. In the show notes, they've already announced one person who's doing this. They're looking for people who can come over for 60-day segments at a time. They'd be training with Shima. They would be participating in the shows. And it's just a big part of their own expansion within China, which kind of is it's mirroring what's going on with All Elite Wrestling. But in the lead-up to the road to Double or Nothing, they're having to decide who all from OWE is coming to America for Double or Nothing. And something that was mentioned in one of Convoy's articles was that there are actually four members of the OWE roster who are going to be on the show alongside Shima. And it's going to be two native Chinese wrestlers and then two Japanese wrestlers. Just to get the Japanese wrestlers out of the way because there's a lot more to talk about with the Chinese wrestlers. It's going to be two of them, their match, and what the, how their participation might be in the and the show has not been determined yet. They might be in a tag match. They might be in a battle royal. I suspect more in the tag match. And me, as someone who's followed Shima and a lot of these Japanese guys all their career, I would expect that it would be two of the three Dragon Gate International guys, if I were to guess. I think that Yamamura, Takeru Yamamura, who came back from injury, might be one of them. And if Shima really, whenever he's brought people to the around and whenever he's international tours since he's left dragon gate and did work with owe he's brought t-hawk with him like t-hawk's a no-brainer i would say that he's probably going to be a double or nothing but the way they're going to decide the two native chinese wrestlers who are the ones who are going to team with shima against socal and since it's interesting they're doing a tag league for the china chinese students that's going to lead up pretty much right until the right until double or nothing and it's kind of interesting because they've done like qualification matches to get these teams together. But one part they're doing is that it's seven teams and one team has a wrestler and then a slot left open for something that probably Nate is more familiar with this kind of thing more so than any of us here. They're doing a idol like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing an idol like kind of contest election where within their app, like they pay about the equivalent of, a cent for a vote and you vote for one of the eliminated talent to come back and enter the uh, tournament. And it's interesting because there is a lot of people in OWE business wise who are from a idol promotion background and that they have been, that they've been parts of idol groups and just, just promotion like this. So this is a very common thing in idols. Yes. I, I can confirm that this is very common in the idol industry. Thank you, Nate. We uh, needed your idol expertise. Here. <laughs> Bringing it to the table. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I was. There are some names that are of note 
of the Chinese side of people who the of the tag teams because basically the tag team that wins this tournament immediately is going to go to double or nothing. People of note and the teams. My personal favorite guy, T Cool Tang Tong Huakui and the Monkey King uh, Wang Jin are a tag team in this. Uh, Scorpio X Double, who's been in both Dragon Gate, uh, I think he was in Brussels One and DDT is a part of this tournament. Scorpio X Double. Great name. Great name. <laughs> and he's the one that does the really cool jump into the ring in the back and the fourth splash. So he's a part of the tournament. Uh, the guy who's kind of been portrayed as their ace is a part of the tournament, the captain, Aubin. And he is with the commando, Duan Ying Nan, who they've given him like a bunch of nicknames. He originally was the Dashing Swordsman, which if this was a hacky podcast, I'll make a reference to various members of the elites former, formerly having a gimmick that was also somewhat dashing, but we're not going to do that here. But <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. But yeah. That'd, so be a good, that'd be a good, that'd be a fine feud. I wouldn't say a good feud. That'd be a fine feud. A fine feud. Yeah. So they're on a team together. I wouldn't expect them to win. A team that's worth fo- following because that they have a lot that I think the OWE would like with this is a tag team of Zhao Junji and Zhao Yilong. And and the reason why I think it's worth noting is that they've been kind of deliberate on where they're sending these uh, Chinese students. And these two have very traditional Chinese gimmicks. One of them has a uh, traditional Shaolin monk gimmick. And he does this crazy, somewhat like headbutt front flip senton thing. It's really hard to describe. It's There's gifts of it. It's incredible. And the other one has a historical Chinese character that I think is a reference to the romance of the Three Kingdoms. So... Those are the two names to kind of look out for on this. And I think this is going to be happening pretty much all the way through April and May as they're trying to kind of both figure out who's going to go with them and also because of it's kind of hard to get people from China into the United States. So they want to be able to have like backup plans and having a tournament like this gives them time to kind of figure out who's going to come aboard. So it's kind of cool. And this OWE tournament, they are starting to widen their distribution they used to be on youtube a lot that's probably not going to be the case for this tournament they are having a deal with power slam tv and twitch so if you're interested in watching this i'm certain that nuclear convoy or myself will probably tweet out whenever they're showing these shows but yeah a lot of interesting stuff in owe after a couple of quiet weeks so there's your owe update sweet lots going on with uh those folks and i'm certainly interested to see who's going to show up and i didn't realize there was going to be four people coming so very cool i thought we were just getting whoever was teaming with shima so that's going to add something interesting yeah like i also thought that until the first article from convoy i thought it was just going to be that and i was anticipating that probably would have been the strong hearts guys but now that we know we're going to get to see some of the students that's going to be something really awesome just because of how different it's going to be to see now we know it's gonna be shima and these students going against guys i think that have combined 50 years wrestling experience so that, that i think that interestingly that in that instantly makes this a more compelling match in my mind so i pulled up powerslam.tv looks like one of these pivot share sites with a lot of promotions on it sharing videos and get a subscription going or something like that was not familiar prior yeah, I'm unfamiliar with right. that as well. Cool. Glad we could uh, get that out there. <laughs> no, I'm not selling your uh, your side <laughs> eye there. All right, let's talk about some... Uh, hey, some... hey, hey, the, the guys on WrestleNomics would appreciate being kept up to date on all the different streaming outlets there are. So maybe I'll leave this podcast and do go do one with Brandon Howard Thurston. How about <laughs> He's that? looking for a new partner, I've heard. Yeah. All right, let's speaking of uh talent coming and going. Let's talk about some of the talent coming and going. Nobody's going, but coming into uh, AEW. So, you're going to talk about this a little bit later, I guess, Nate, but Michael Nakazawa is all elite. He's coming to AEW. Uh pretty cool. I mean, really I don't not a huge uh Michael Nakazawa head. Uh mostly know him as uh Kenny's friend. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw that a lot of people were really excited about it. It just felt like he kind of deserves this opportunity. So yeah, I'm pumped to see it. Yeah. I don't have any takes on him really, except that uh, the DDT pro English account did translate something from Tokyo sports 
That said, he'd be coming in as staff in addition to as a wrestler. So it looks like he's going to be sort of their Japanese liaison, probably, or, you know, helping people with translation and stuff. So great. Good to have uh, them on board, I think. Yeah. Uh, my the Nakazawa thing I kept thinking about was when everybody said that, was it Black Tiger was good? No, who was Nak- Nakazawa played somebody in the Tiger Mask W thing, right? News to me. <laughs> yeah, I think you're confusing it with folks. No, I think he he either was no. one of the characters or was intended to be and turned out not to be. Like I think in the very first Hold Mac- on, let me Tiger let me pull w up did. my anime list.net. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I in wrestling. I think in the very first match when Tiger when uh, Ibushi did Tiger Mask W I think he wrestled Michael Nakazawa. Okay. I never yeah. watched an episode, so you may be right. He wrestled Juice. Not in, a, not in an episode, on a New Japan show. No, that was oh, Juice. No, no, yeah. Juice was the red death mask guy, and ACH was was the black tiger. I know that, but I don't think it was Juice. I, th- I think it was Michael Nakazawa. No, I think Juice uh, alluded to as much in an interview. Hmm. Okay, well, there was talk at the time that it was going to be Michael No, he, he was too big to be Michael Nakazawa, I think. Yeah, no, he was a bit, it was a big guy who suspiciously had Juice Robinson's body type. But it, it's interesting about this. Uh, obviously, him and Kenny have like a long term friendship. So it's cool to see him there. He hasn't really wrestled anywhere full time for the last couple of years. So I think we're probably going to see him more as an office guy. And he's had like one or two matches a year in DDT over the last five years, but he has, a, he's having a farewell match in ddt and i totally forgot this until i was making contributing to our document for this but i forgot that i saw him at king of trios 09 when he really did his oil guy gimmick and that was kind of i apparently have seen michael nakazawa live and i completely forgot about it so it's interesting he's often been the guy that comes to the states with kota abushi usually as a helper and as a translator he was in he was there was talk that he might have gotten hired by WWE for a while because of the Cruiserweight Classic, I think. Okay, so. but that seems bad because Ibushi always gets lost when he comes to the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I think right, maybe he's not though. so good at this. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's valid. I think my favorite part about Michael Nakazawa is that he has the same hairline as Norman Smiley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can see that. Which makes me happy because I loved Norman Smiley growing up. Oh, I missed the big wiggle. He's not dissimilar from Norman Smiley when I picture them. Yeah. Hmm. That's I fair. like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, somebody who could possibly show up in AEW, Ty Dillinger, uh, has left WWE. Now, everybody thinks it's foregone conclusion, but I did see an interview with Cody where he said, like, eh, it'd probably be more like me giving him ideas about, you know, how to do his indie run more than me bringing him into AEW. But, you know, they're known to be. Uh, good friends and obviously it would make sense but i don't know you guys think he's gonna show up um i would err toward yes in some capacity you know maybe i I wouldn't think that he'd be a featured wrestler or anything but um you know uh, wouldn't be shocked to see him pop up as like an agent or as somebody helping around the office on road to double or nothing you know something like that because he's he's pretty old at this point right 38 for a wrestler yeah I thought so. So his wrestling days are probably uh, not long, but he's probably, and he's had some injuries of late, right? I don't watch WWE at all, but I think he has been injured. I think he's pretty much been injured intermittently since he got caught up to the main roster. So, and he's had like a weird history and career too. Like he's been, he was there for like a decade, right? Yeah. He was there. Like he might be the only person who did OVW deep South Florida (laughs) FCW and then Performance Center, like all four of those. And if yeah, was, I think Connor also. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, the real god Connor. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I apologize. I didn't mean to insult a true one, you know. Yeah, thanks. But I don't know. Like, like there's the obvious relationship between him and Cody. I, I do think like him backstage is would be okay in my mind. And I'm not also saying this because I'm somewhat bitter about him going back to the Sean Spears name. So it's kind of killing my <laughs> SEO whenever anyone searches Spears in AEW. So I'm not going to lie. I, I'm a little hot about that. Sure. But I don't know. Personally, for me, he's not ever did anything to me as a wrestler. And 
I don't know. Why would you hire someone out of WWE who's 38, has injury history, when you really should be hiring younger people that you're going to need to build up eventually? Like, I don't know. That's just the way I look at promotion building, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, I think the most notable thing you did was make indie crowds really annoying for a while. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, the 10 count was pretty miserable. I was trying to look back. Like, I feel like he did have a really good match that I liked a lot in NXT, but now it's not uh, coming to mind. So maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong about that. Anyway, Ty Dillinger. The, the more interesting thing that came out this week about talent, I don't, I don't know if it's really coming out now. It kind of confirms what we thought. But uh, the first thing I saw was that B Priestley confirmed that she's still going to be able to work stardom. So, you know, she's not going to be exclusive to AEW. And then uh, Joey Janela in an Uproxx article talked about how he was still going to be working at all the same American Indies that he's been working. So it looks like I mean, there are definitely people who are contracted to AEW who will be primarily working there. But it looks like there are legit independent contractors who are going to be doing dates for AEW, but still doing lots of stuff elsewhere. Yeah, and I think we sort of called that from the beginning. So it's a good job out of us. Um, yeah, the people are taking dates where they want to, you know, uh, Joey Janela is doing his passion project deathmatch booking. Um, I think that firmly puts GCW in the Cody verse. So I just wanted to say that to make people upset. Um, <laughs> yeah, so makes sense. You know, uh, uh we're going to have these guys working where they want to work and I think that's good. I just hope it means they book Nick Gage. Yeah, seems yeah. unlikely. I don't know if there's a place. I mean, they they've got Jimmy Havoc, but I think even in Road to Double or Nothing, uh, you know, Cody was sort of minimizing his appeal as a deathmatch guy and was talking more about his character, etc. Yeah. So no, I would not get our hopes up for uh, Nick Cage. I mean, I'd rather Nick bummer. Cage. I mean, who would you get Jimmy Havoc or you get the last wrestling folk hero, Nick Cage? Pick one. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great. Just I guess people would call Gage a sellout and shit if you you know showed up on an AEW show and oh, super highly produced. It would be the real thrill. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see Gage on BT. <laughs> oh, I, I think they could make a great segment on BT. That and that seems like it would be something he'd be willing to do too. Yeah, because you know whenever Chuck Taylor, I know uh, always reported that Nick Gage was always high on the comedy stuff he did and the variety they mixed into their shows when. Chuck was on cards with him, so yeah, I, yeah, I think I think he would be uh, I think he would play up his character well and and could get a good bit going on BT. And this reminds because I was getting ready to say that uh, I'm one of the things I'm most excited about for Mania weekend is seeing Nick Gage live because that's just I don't get to see him that often, so it's always a fun experience. But that reminded me of the Cody interview where he said, uh, I guess confirmed that they are not going to have any. Um, presence on WrestleMania weekend that they want to stay far away from Mania weekend because they don't want to be viewed as piggybacking on WWE. Uh, any thoughts on that, Nate? No, uh, Cody's been, I think, pretty clear and emphatic about that in a couple different outlets. Uh, you know, they've they've he's said it on Twitter. I know that I saw, um, and yeah, in those interviews as well. Uh, I think that's smart because it makes them look like bigger stars. It doesn't, you know, you don't come off like when you're super accessible and on every card WrestleMania weekend, like, you know, like some of these guys that are on double or nothing, uh, the novelty of seeing you on a show is not as fresh. Uh, like I'm sure Penton and Phoenix are working 30 times or something. Uh, I did, I was on Omokase. Oma, Omakase, Omakase? Oma, yeah. Oma, Omakase. Yeah, you got it. Uh, and John mentioned that there were rumors that Kenny might be the X in the Iron Man heavy metal weight battle Royal. That would be mm -hmm. funny. That would be a, a nice, cause that's like, that's not, you know, like your small time and in indie and uh, not a star because you show up on some Shindy show. That's like a, you know, I'm, I'm popping the fans and doing something fun and uh, kind of surreal by showing up here where no one is expecting me. So that would that would pop me pretty big, but yeah, I'm I'm not banking on that. I'm not expecting that. I, I think they're all they're all going to stay far away from New York. Yeah, I feel like it's just 
you have someone like Pac who is going to be doing his first U.S. date since leaving WWE there, and they've always made a big deal about him being there as Dragon Gate and not there as, as All Elite. And it makes me think that for people who are more of names, other than, like, of course, Joey Janela, he has his shows. He wants to run his shows. And we have that. I just don't see the upside. Like, it's not like that there is a show that they're close to that needs help selling out tickets. There's not going to be more seats to... Uh, or, sorry, it's not like that uh, Joey Janela Spring Break needs more tickets sold. So I just, I just doesn't make sense to me, even though I know that there's the whole entire wrestling world there. It makes sense for them to sit it out. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they maybe make another, like, talent announcement while they're there, though. I mean, drop a road to double or nothing while they're gone. I mean, it makes sense that way. So Yeah, and I, I don't think we should get married to the idea that these people that they've announced are even long-term roster members. Right. I think a lot of these people could be on double or nothing. That doesn't mean they're going to be on every show going forward unless they're contracted. So I don't know. They're, they can, if people, if they start feeling that people are overexposed, they don't have to keep using them. No. Uh, and obviously once TV starts, maybe some of these contractual uh, relationships will change. We'll have to see how that goes. And it is, it's all relative, like overexposed in our bubble is like, you know, Penta and Phoenix might be overexposed in our bubble because we watch all sorts of shit or I watch all sorts of shit and they're in AEW all the time and they're at Warrior Wrestling and they're, you know, available on 15 high spots shows uh, and CMLL streams and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, overexposed to the normal television watching wrestling audience is entirely different. And, you know, they might, if they were to show up on Monday Night Raw, you would have 1.5 million people going, oh, these guys are cool. What, what's a match of theirs I can go back and watch? So it's, it's definitely all, uh, you know, relative as to how deep in this bubble you are. That's for sure. All right. Well, one place that we know Cody is going to be going, AAA. Mike, I think you're excited. I assume you put this in the doc, so I, I need you to talk about it. <laughs> yes, I put this in the doc. So there was a great thing that was that, that hit Twitter. It was either late last week or I think maybe it was it might have been Monday. Sorry, my concept of what days of the week are are kind of fuzzy at best. But so on the fifteenth, Cody will be in AAA for their Rey de Reyes show, and of course, he's probably not going to be wrestling at this point. I think that's pretty clear, but. Because there's now a relationship between All Elite Wrestling and AAA, now a lot more people who might not be familiar with it get to see one of the greatest traditions in Lucha Libre. And that is going to the business for yourself, trying to create your own angles. And who called out Cody for AEW and AAA? Dave the Clown. Dave the Clown made a challenge. Oh, now, is Dave the Clown the god? He might be the god on this show. Well, we got too many, we're high on too many talents here. Oh, okay. So the, the, the clown. The god is Mookie Ghana. Like, 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 let's be straight. We uh, need we need a theological hierarchy here yeah, to establish yeah, yeah. where everybody falls. The, the god is Mookie Ghana. The priests are the dogs. And Dave the Clown is the Twitch main eventer. How about that? Okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> Which yeah. is the equivalent to I, the Pope. I, okay. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I think he might be a bishop. There we go. Dave but, the bishop. Dave the bishop clown. <laughs> But yeah, so this is going to be an interesting thing going forward with AAA as we don't know as much about their relationship in, with All Elite Wrestling, but Cody's showing up to Double or Not, or showing up to Ray, Ray De Reyes. So well, it'll be interesting to see as this goes on. I can imagine that we're going to see a whole lot more of uh, AAA wrestlers trying to call out and try to shoot their own angles for All Elite Wrestling. And Dave the Clown wanted to make sure that he was first up and, you know, all the respect and love to the Twitch main eventer for calling it out. Truly the best clown, Dave the Clown. Yeah, as far as guys shooting their own angles with Cody go, I would put Dave the Clown just under Matt Tremont. I would love to see the Matt Tremont death match first, but Dave okay. the Clown is right there on his uh right there behind him. All right. I don't have a lot of thoughts about that. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, can you can you name the clowns, Bentley? Yeah, please identify the members of Los Psycho Circus. There's four of them. Or really there's three of them, but I want to hear all four clowns. Dave the Clown. Okay, that's Bingo. Nate the Clown. Rude. Oh, already. Uncalled for. Mike the Clown. Jeez, man. <laughs> now it's hacky. Now it's hacky. Yeah. Right back to the well. I, I have no idea. I don't know who any... Well, tell me one more of them. Maybe I'll think... Murder of Clown. 
Oh, then God, no. Is there like a psycho clown? Yes. Yes. Huge baby face. Ace of the promotion. (laughs) Oh, Roman Reigns Day Triple R. Uh, That's all I got. Psycho clown. I knew that one. Wow. You almost knew that one. Yeah. You half knew that one. I said that one. I I said Los Psycho Circus. I kind of tipped it. Yeah. Is there one called Circus Clown? (laughs) No. That'd be funny. Monster Clown is the fourth. Monster Clown. Monster. There's an H. Pardon. Yes, my bad. Yeah. The only thing I know about anything Lucha related is what I see in the in the group chat on Twitter. That's all I know okay. about Lucha. Okay. So well, I'll give you one more lesson before we move on. Psycho Clown has flamethrower hands that he comes out. Oh, I did. Out. I I did know about that. We've discussed that before. Yeah. Flamethrower hands. I'll try to uh, internalize this so that I don't forget it again. He is my favorite clown personally. Is Psycho Clown. Right. We talked about this once because then I brought up John Wayne Gacy. It was a That's whole right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On this show. Okay. Cannon. Nate, I understand that uh, there's some video game talk. Oh, yeah. There was some banter going around on Twitter. Um, Kenny added the video game development studio Sin Sophia, which is a Japanese studio most famous for developing all the Nintendo 64 wrestling games that everybody holds in high regard largely out of nostalgia. Um, but yeah, he, he added them on Twitter and was like, hey, can you follow me? I want to talk to you. And they followed him, and presumably he slid in those DMs. Um, and then, yeah, Matt Jackson was doing um, you know little quote tweets about people suggesting there should be an AEW video game again. So yeah, they, you know, they're, they're not shying away from mentioning this, which leads me to conclude that they have... I don't know if something's in the works, but they have discussed something and knocked around ideas, I suppose. So that's cool. I mean, New Japan has the uh, Fire Pro Wrestling partnership now. Fire Pro Wrestling is not my favorite gameplay style for wrestling games. Nintendo has the god-awful... I'm sorry, not Nintendo. WWE has the god-awful 2K games. So it'd be good to have a good wrestling game. And if you're going with the developers of... No Mercy and, uh, you know, NWO, WCW, NWO Revenge and all those classic games, uh, uh, notably Def Jam Fight for New York. And I think yes. it's, uh, it's previous incarnation, Def Jam Vendetta. Fantastic games. I actually downloaded one of those for the Vita like a year ago just to go back through it. Um, that'd be great. I would love one of those games uh, with, you know, fresh and young and hot talent. It's a cool touch for gamers. <laughs> yeah, that's the last time I played video games. So I would... Uh... It might get me excited to play a video game again. Did you ever play Def, or Def Jam Vendetta or Fight for New York? Hell yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, that, wow, okay. The, secretly, I know there's people who say like Fire Pro or like Virtual Pro Wrestling. Fight for New York's the best wrestling game ever made. Don't at me. I'm not going to I'm not gonna disagree with you there. The, the Fire Pro games, like I get that you can make the wrestlers all unique and sort of mirror their real life styles and have yeah. authentic simulations and all this shit. But then you just end up managing your wrestlers and watching the computer play itself for 10 hours. And that's just very boring to me. And you don't get to throw people into trains. Like, no, yeah. A central thing I want in my fight in my wrestling games is to be able to throw people into on to oncoming trains. So, big, yeah, big TNA fan, Mike Spears. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes they throw someone in front of a train, sometimes they run over a kid. No matter what, it's interesting. Exactly. Hey, bring in Eddie Kingston. We want Eddie. Yeah. All right, before all right, that's we move all I got on, on that point. Before we move on to the BTE recap, I would be remiss if I uh, forgot to mention that the Road to Double or Nothing episode six was dedicated to Luke Perry, who recently passed away, the father of AEW wrestler Jungle Boy. So, uh, you know, I was sorry that I forgot to mention that. So I wanted to make sure we got it in there. I'm in. All right, Nate, tell us about BTE this week. All right, BTE this week. Uh, They sold this episode as a filler episode. They kept, you know, that was the title of the episode, and they referenced it later on in the episode. It's like, oh, this is one of those episodes where nothing happens. It's a filler episode. I don't know. They kind of, a lot happened, I felt like. Um, But yeah, they uh, cold open. You got the Young Bucks talking about how they're getting tired about everybody asking them for jobs. They're like going to signings, and fans are asking them for jobs and shit. That did work for that one New Japan commentator who just like went up to Harold May at uh, one of his public meets and was like, hey, here's my business card. So, you know. Uh, but yeah, so Matt's getting tired of doing the appearances because of that. 
the uh, finger pointy record producer characters who I think are the SCU guys come in. Um, they said that they're the ones that are responsible for resolving all the BT stories. Uh, the, the funny part here is basically Matt's little aside that the storyline about Cody running for Congress, that story sucked. That made me laugh. But yeah, that's your opening segment here. And we go into the new intro, which is done by the Wrestling Arcade Twitter account, who uh, previously and famously did one of those uh, Joey Janela Spring Break videos for the PCO versus Walter match. Uh, opens with the big Change the World slogan. It's got the Young Bucks doing a 8-bit Meltzer driver on the Jericho Cruise. It's got Adam Page in full gear at the grocery store. Uh, it's a little callback, not only to his full gear bit, but also when he was going around the grocery store without any boots on. SCU is on a roller coaster. Notably, they have Marty Skrull float by the roller coaster here on an umbrella. So they're still shouting out Ring of Honor talent, Marty Skrull. Uh, and then it's got Cody and Brandy and Farrow are walking down the street, going by TGI Fridays and Fat Ass Masas. Uh, you've got Kenny is outside playing DDR in Akiba, Akihabara. It's one of the sections of Tokyo with all the nerd shit. Uh, and then it finishes with the AEW press conference stage from Jacksonville. So kind of cute. Um, you know, freshens things up. I, I don't know how long they had the previous intro, but now we've got a new one with no Flip Gordon whatsoever. All right, then we've got Kylie Ray at MJF. Uh, Kylie is celebrating her birthday by eating a cake. MJF walks up and pretends that he's being like polite and nice, but he actually says her teeth could be white, whiter. And then he's, you know, does like the uh, concern trolling where he pretends that he's, you know, thinks it's great that she's not worried about her figure or whatever and just eating a cake, but obviously putting it to her that, hey, you should be worried about your figure when you're eating an entire cake or something like that. Kind of cool, I thought, on this episode, just how it expanded BTE to a lot of the new talent. Uh, then we have a little preview of Cody and Brandy in a Culture City sensory inclusive space in Atlanta. I gather in the basketball arena there, and I just do a little tour. This was a cute little segment. Got to see some of the features in there and how that may manifest in some form at future AEW shows. Then we go to Matt and Nick doing an unboxing of their new LJN figures. Uh, I don't know anything about wrestling figures, but LJN, I guess, was a respected brand of some kind. Uh, they had the first action figures of WWF wrestlers uh, back in the 80s, uh, and they were like, I don't know, rubber and paint and very accurate is the perception or the reputation they have. You never uh, had they, the LJN figures? No, I was never a wrestling figure guy, no. Uh, okay. Did you? You had some, I gather? Oh, hell yeah. As a kid? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I had the LJNs. I had the um, the Mattel. The Mattels? That's not right. What was the next thing that came out? Jacks. No, no, no. There's somebody before Jacks. The real classic ones with the little where you push it down and they. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, what are those? Couldn't be me. Yeah, yeah. I, I know of LJN, like the figures, but I never saw one. Like that was a little before my time. I knew LJM because they used to do all the sponsorship for the video games they had. Like, yeah, I wasn't watching any of this WWF shit from the eighties. <laughs> but you know, I thought it was really kind of cool that they got their own LJN figures. I thought that was really. Well, I, you know, I think the notable thing about it is they're the first wrestlers that have these new run of LJN figures. Like, it's, you know, yeah. semi significant. Uh, and the other cute thing about it was the back of the boxes because they sort of have like a retro look to them, being retro action figures they have the slick nick and mr instant replay nicknames on there which go back to you know like the early days in pwg so that was cute hasbro uh, hasbro are hasbro. The, uh, the figures i was talking about after the ljns but yeah ljn had not only did they have those wf ones but they had like aw aw awa <laughs> yeah anyway that's all <laughs> sorry thanks no worries that's no, great i don't know anything about it so uh, Sammy Guevara is in an AEW shirt. Uh, he's walking down the street, drinking a bang energy. He really, he, I don't know if he has a bang energy deal or what, but he's constantly going on about bang energy. Uh, then he gives one to somebody and says, it's the new one. But the guy is like, Oh, I hate that guy. This isn't the new one, but he did give you a bang energy. Like he gave you a free drink. Sorry that it wasn't hot off the shelf. I don't know. Do you know anyone who actually drinks bang energy? Like, is that a thing? I yeah, think Sam, Murder Sam Brian was drinking about it, or was tweeting about it. Uh, who was that, Nate? Oh, he says, Sam, I think Murder Brian was tweeting about energy okay. drinks and talking about bang energy. I don't know. I believe that. Yeah. I, I don't know. When I used to drink energy drinks, I used to be a straight Monster Ultra person until I realized they were eating my stomach lining. So, 
I'm coffee only at this point. I do like the chemically flavor of Red Bull, but uh, yeah, you know, I've got a very defined regime. I see. Have you guys seen this this Mookie thread where he's posting <laughs> about the uh, about his part on Road to Devil or nothing? No, no go, go through it for us. I want to hear about this. Well, it, Mike mentioned the one where he pointed out his AESV Apple or whatever, right? Is that the yeah, one? Yeah. Apple IIe. I saw that Apple one and the LaserDisc one, but I didn't know if there was anything else. Oh, AES is something well, else. Now he has a thread that he's just uh, posting YouTube comments. Okay. Uh. <laughs> What's the thought have to say? Obviously, you know, his his Chiron or not really Chiron, but the lower third says Chris Harrington, VP of business strategy. Mm -hmm. And somebody writes that guy was the VP of BS, <laughs> which which uh, Mookie likes. But then he posts somebody who said top economist in the industry. Looks like he's taking a Skype call from his mom's couch. Oh, <laughs> and Mookie says, hey, my basement on my wife's parents old couch i live a glamorous life <laughs> see these obviously these fucking youtube geeks do not understand the appeal of mookie ghana this is great mookie is reading the youtube comments it's like my man don't never do it read the comments never yeah no sorry. comments but sorry i just I gotta chuckle with that i thought i'd share it with everyone oh no i appreciate that um so yeah that a that sammy segment was not really anything i, I guess kind of establishing his character um, so we got Kenny in Japan. This is uh, he's in TJ Fridays or something. A mystery person enters and they're really selling that it's Kota Ibushi because Kenny's like uh, apologizing, saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry for just assuming that you would join us in AEW, uh, but I still want you to think it over, et cetera, et cetera. And they do like a wacky camera swing over and it's actually Michael Nakazawa. Kind of a funny bit. The editing was a little bit rough, which kind of uh, <laughs> made the bit not land quite as hard, I thought. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say, I like the bad editing there. I thought it even made it more awkward. The fact they obviously were just each of them. One would take the camera, the phone, it would say their lines. They pass it back and forth. I like that a little bit. It kind of added a little bit of charm to like how awkward it was. I, I definitely agree with that. Like in the macro sense, but just specifically having the Michael Nakazawa joke <laughs> land here. Yeah. I don't think, okay. Just cause like you, you get like a quarter second of his face and then it cuts back to Kenny and you're like, I don't even know who that, what, like what happened anyway. <laughs> so th I thought it was funny. Michael Takazawa says he does not want to be an office guy. Uh, but Kenny's like, no, I mean, you can't be like a top wrestler. You lost to the promoter of a video game event in a full leg cast. Uh, so good shout out to the CEO event. Uh, but yeah, they put up a graphic saying it's Michael Takazawa is now all elite. And they put the sound effect of crickets, chirping over that which i thought was funny <laughs> uh then we got to matt jackson who is seeing this apparently has a live feed of this segment or something or sees it on twitter uh and he's really like taken aback by kenny signing another nobody uh that being michael nakazawa and then he also calls mjf a nobody so a little bit there uh we've got cody is rehabbing at ringside at the one fall power factory where brandy's going through a workout with qt i think that's qt um and she's it's like a she's got a great couple of high spots here um, and, you know, looks good in the ring. And Cody's just like <laughs> lounging at ringside with his leg up uh, and being lazy because kind of the chip. Um, then we go to Adam Page, who's presenting the full gear challenge, it says for the next 82 days, we are going to be dieting right and working out. And then they, you know, have little cut ins of the other guys on BT harassing his look. Uh, and then they. Uh, transition to showing fans sitting in their videos of working out and tweeting about how they're, you know, getting in better shape and all this shit because of the full gear challenge. There's a little theme song here. This was like kind of cute. I, I think this was like a genuine fan idea to like do this. Somebody tweeted like, Hey, I'm going to do this full gear thing too. Uh, and they made it a whole little promo package here. It was kind of cute. All right. We got back to Matt Jackson still ranting about Michael Nakazawa. Uh, he says, don't even get me started on the whole TV deal. We're just a t-shirt company, huh? I think, I don't know if you guys interpreted it the same way. I think this is alluding to the rumors that the TV deal is not as automatic as was previously believed. Um, uh, Dave was saying they had two offers from major bidders at one point, uh, and then it was sort of radio silence. And then there was a lot of scuttlebutt going around that, oh, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe they're not going to get the big TV deal. They thought they were guaranteed, et cetera. Um, I don't know if you guys took it the same way. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just, I've, 
it's weird because I just keep getting the sense that it is a done deal. So I, I was, I guess if I took it that way, I was confused by it. Yeah. Like I, I feel like if the TV deal was in question and there wasn't something that seemed like it's going to be an eventuality, they, there would have been some like scaling back. Like they might have not have aggressively said, okay, these are kind of what our next shows are going to be because of what this promotion is going to be. If there was, if there are some, some deals that fell through, you wouldn't already be saying, okay, this is our next show in July. And then heavily, if not outright saying that then all in to all out, it's going to be in September. So I don't know. I feel like that it kind of goes to people just trying to find things to pick on the promotion about right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think personally I'm inclined to say like there wasn't anything substantive to actually suggest those original TV rumors are in doubt. Um, I, you know, I think it was maybe Wade Keller who like originally put out the idea because Cody made some comment in a, uh, article that, you know, TV is maybe not the end all be all for a wrestling company and there's other, important revenue streams, blah, blah, blah. And, and Wade sort of said, well, why would he be saying that if they have guaranteed TV and it's going to be a big time TV company? Um, so, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it's all like just the haters. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't find it persuasive that those comments reflect that there's been some big sea change in the market. Uh, we know that the networks want live programming and we know that the executives have their eye on like these instantaneous sellouts for all in and now for double or nothing. So uh, yeah, I guess I would say the, I, I pretty much am rolling with what I thought was the case on New Year's Eve and, and who we think their lightning, likely partner was going to be at that point. Uh, so yeah, maybe it's not around the corner, but I wouldn't. I, I don't find any reason to doubt that they're coming up here. All right, so we go ahead. I was going to say, I know something that I think we've talked about before. These kind of deals take a while. Like... WWE had their deal for Fox and USA done a year and a half before they did their their switch between USA to Fox for SmackDown. Like these things take time, and if they're looking at this October time frame, like this is it's not really at a point now where I feel like people should be discouraged to say the least. Word. All right. Uh, SCU is in Austin trying to come up with a bit. They're in their locker room. They're looking for a place to tape around the city of Austin, uh, but they don't find that any of the venues are acceptable because they think every town's bad. Chris Daniels has Chris Wolf's wolf head in his hands, uh, and then Chris Wolf comes to get it, and he's promoing about how, hey, we're, you know, we're so cool. We don't this wolf head doesn't belong in our nice locker room. Uh, so Chris Wolf says, "You guys have changed. Enjoy your empty existence," and storms off. So good to see Chris Wolf. They're advancing the bit here that the SU guys have changed from all this money. Uh, and then we just have the Bucks announcing the fight for the fallen date and that information for the Jacksonville show. So yeah, when I does, thought, uh, go ahead. When is Chris Wolf hanging it up officially? After Mania, she's booked at at the Shimmer shows uh, right. in March, and then at the Shimmer show at Mania, I believe. Uh, I think that's nearing the end. No chance she shows up on Double or Nothing. I mean, that's just that's just a month later, really. So. I suppose there's a chance. I did see that rest pro wrestling Eve has something listed as her retirement show, but I don't know if it's in April or may or June. So okay. interesting. yeah, we'll, we'll see her anyway. Mm -hmm. All right. That's all I got for BTE. Cool. Is there uh, just question here, guys, is there any hook for us to talk about Earl Cooter on this podcast? Oh, um, Somebody did ask about Earl Cooter recently. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he was the guy who's everybody was using his license for New York shows. I mean, he is, I think, in Japan right now for a Gato move of all places. Yeah, he just dunked on uh, on Kevin uh, from the woods uh, <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, I just want everybody to enjoy that. So if you're on Twitter, go to at the Brian Idol and look at his tweets and replies and find this so what happened was rovert posted remember friend of the show rovert posted remember when earl cooter had a performance center trout in february and uh also actual legit friend of the show kevin said i'm glad i do now rove man to which 
Brian Idol found and responded, yeah, it's awesome. I'm touring Japan now, and you're making sarcastic remarks from your mom's basement and attached a picture, uh, you know, a shirtless picture of him, like a promo photo. He's looking good, I got to say. Yeah, hell yeah. I don't know why he ever used the name Earl Cooter. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's also worth stating that Robert and good friend Kevin had this conversation on the 15th of December. <laughs> we were oh, that. So Brian Idol apparently is, while he's touring Japan, he's deciding, oh, I need to go look at my vanity search. Just don't vanity search, guys. It never ends well. And, Wait, do you think maybe that Brian Idol saw these posts and put them in his back pocket for when he was doing something? Like, <laughs> I, I have a fucking, when I, once I get to run. fucking Japan. <laughs> guys, here's the thing. If he's going to do that dunk, he needs to have the geotag on, baby. You've got to have that on to show that you actually are in Japan because now it just looks yeah. like he just was like, here's, a, here's an awesome photo of me that clearly has not been photoshopped whatsoever. Yeah, you got to be like on Joshi Twitter to even know that he's in Japan right now. Yeah, I, why is he at Gatto Move? Is uh, and now he's on Kenny's radar. That's kind of concerning. Uh, yeah. I, I, is Robert's reply? Lol, it's such basic pattern. That's ah, pretty good. I give it yeah. to him that. Like the mom's basement bit, pretty hacky. Yeah, but it yes, but it does out you all for not paying enough attention to my posts because this morning someone posted video of Brian Idol in Gatto Move. And I quote tweeted it and said simply, Brian Idol. And uh, he got no engagement. If you all would have seen that, you could have looked at Brian Idol. Oh, I didn't know that, that this was here. This is sneaky of you. Oh, my God. Very lawyer of you, Aaron Bentley. Yes. Brian Idol is putting uh, Emi Sakura. I don't I don't watch God. I'm not going to pretend I do. But putting some woman <laughs> on his shoulder and just kind of it doesn't they don't appear to be like. They're not in a ring. I mean, it's just a mat in a room. Do you want to know how you get the fave on that tweet, Aaron? No, it's cool. It's it's good. Do you Don't want? I mean, I can I can I got notes for you. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, you quote tweet it. You quote tweet it, and instead of writing Brian Idol, you write Earl Cooter. Yeah, I should. Yeah, 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 probably. Then but, you get faves. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, I messed that up. But the key is uh, just this great reply. Everybody should go check it out. Yeah, a great photo. You know, it, it's totally legit photo. It's not been touched up whatsoever. No, no. Uh, I'm just glad that uh, longtime listeners know that I used to do a podcast about Evolve. And I'm just glad that I will most likely never have to uh, watch another Brian Idol match. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember a Brian Idol match that was actually any good. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Okay, was well, there anything else we want to talk about about uh, AEW, or if you got some other, you know, miscellany you want to bring up? I got nothing. I'm gonna make some chicken. <laughs> I've got a uh, briefs due tomorrow that are not done yet, so I'm gonna get back to work on those. Real brief. I still need to catch up on the last few weeks of Dragon Gate shows, so that's probably gonna be what my next few days are. So I'd yeah. rather be either of you than me right now. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, make sure that you're following us on Twitter at EverythingAEW. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Mike is at FujiHeya. Nate is at Epitasis. Subscribe to the show. You can get us uh, on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network, or there's just a feed that's just us. So feel free to just subscribe to that. Uh, go ahead and rate and review. We'd appreciate it. Uh, because even though this is a podcast about a promotion that doesn't exist, uh, more people would find the podcast if you rated and reviewed it. So always good. I think that's it. We'll be back next week. I know that we come out at you know different times every week, but it just depends on what what they do. When they release things, it looks like they're going to be interesting. Uh, you know, we want to wait around for those. So also sometimes we have to do laundry. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, let's not get into that. Uh, but yes, sometimes life does intervene. But sometime next week we will be back. So for Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. See you next time.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.